Welcome to the Crazy Ike Fan Podcast. I'm your host, Teddy. Hope everyone's doing well today, no matter where you are. And when you're listening to this, thank you for making this part of your day. I greatly appreciate it. Um, This podcast is dedicated to all things Ike. So let's get started. Hling up a lot to anyone that was celebrating belated the Cup of Augusto. To anyone that was celebrating their name day, I know it's a big day in Greece, and a lot of you guys are celebrating your name days, so hung up a lot. All right, let's get into it, guys. This is the way the format of this podcast is going to go. I'm going to talk about the few news and notes that have happened, especially over the last 24 hours since the signing of the new center back. Uh, and then I'm going to do a little bit of a La Mia Ike preview, and then I'm going to cap this podcast off with my predictions for the top five finishes in the Super League, um, how I think it's going to go, and my opinion, my small opinion about every, how I think every team's going to finish, and um, my opinion on why that is. So, okay, on to the news. Um, the big news, actually, right before I started recording this podcast, it became official. Literally, the message went through my phone as I was opening to record that we signed uh, Harold Mamaludi, if I'm saying that right, center back, 23-year-old, an international with Cameroon from Saint-Étienne. So as the day progressed yesterday and this morning, as I was listening to the radio, a lot more information came out about this guy. Then honestly, even yesterday, hearing that St. Etienne, he was part of a St. Etienne defense that led in, I think, like 76 goals and that they were relegated to the second division of the French League um, was a little concerning. And then it got even more concerning today when I was listening to it, where they said that his stock has fallen a lot since last year. I think last year, last summer, St. Etienne had an offer from Fiorentina for 15 million euros and now his stock is Ike is not going to pay this much but his stock I saw in transfer mark is down to like 4 million so big decrease there he's at a good age 23 years old I don't want to spend a lot of time on this because year from year league to league things can be different you know I think Ike and Almeida are going to have to focus on repairing his um uh his mental state after having such a bad year. And it's not one guy that makes a defense let in that many goals. So I think we need to be patient. I think we need to see how he's going to do on the field, as they say. So I think uh, overall, if it works out, it's a great signing for Ike because then you can turn around and sell the player. Yes, Saint-Étienne did keep, I think, 30% of the sell if he w- if he was to get sold in the future, uh, because they had to kind of cover themselves. You know, they're, they're having kind of a fire sell because they can't keep all these big contracts around falling into the second division. Um, personally, I'm kind of 50-50 on this signing. If it works out, it's going to be a great signing. If it starts to go bad and things don't look bad at the back, then it's going to get very frustrating, and you're going to hear a lot of rumbles from Mike fans because we waited this long to sign the second center back and this was the choice i really feel like i wish they would have brought him in at the beginning of the month with vida 
That way they can get acclimated to each other. They can start to gel with each other. But let's see how it's going to go. One thing that's important, he did go through a whole preseason training with his club, his former club. So he's up to speed. He doesn't have to have like any kind of training on his own to become match fit. He's already match fit, which is good. Uh, Almeida, obviously, as he has done on all the signings, signed off on this and signed off on on him being a potential center back uh, from the beginning since they started looking. So that's a good sign. And Almeida was reportedly saying that he went back and looked at a lot of film and a lot of stats from his previous years. I mean, listen, one bad year at a bad at a team that had a terrible, terrible season is not... You can't just throw away talent. So hopefully it pans out. You know, um, the team is also... They said that they're not looking for another center back. For me, that would be another mistake. Um, the rumor is that Planets at some point, whether it's in the January transfer window, whether they can strike a deal with Maccabi Haifa um, at the end of this transfer window, or whether it's going to be next summer... Um, he is most likely going to be an Ike player. I would rather have him sooner than later. I feel like with playing the 3-5-2 th- that Almeida looks like he wants to play, the more center backs you have, the better it is. The team is also looking into a winger and a forward. Um, so that's what's been going on. You know, frustration from fans with signings. I mean, I put up a meme the other day, that one meme of uh, you know the Narcos actor of Pablo Escobar when he was like completely isolated and I, my uh, caption was that uh, Ike fans waiting on transfers because that's what it's felt like. It feels like everyone else around us has been doing transfer news and is making moves and we're just kind of standing stagnant. So it's good that we, we at least got this guy a little bit before the season opens. I mean, we should have gotten him a lot earlier, honestly, but, you know, onward, onward and forward. Um over the next couple of days, I think today or tomorrow, they're supposed to make a final decision on whether our first game in Ayesofia is going to be against Volos, which that's pretty exciting. The Super League season in general, guys, I'm jacked. I'm ready. I'm so ready to see this team in action just to see what they're about. You know, I can't break down everything tactically. I can't, like, think about what this team's going to look like simply because I I have the the image and the film of the friendlies, but until season actually starts and we start playing games, I can't really get into really breaking this team down and really looking to see where we truly need help, how the team is gelling together, what I think of Almeida's tactics, what I think of the team management. I just feel like with everything that's happened the last four years, that management is on a very short leash. So if things start to go south, they're going to go south pretty quickly. My hopes for the club are that we can keep Almeida around. I'll get more into that as I talk about my list through what I think about the Protafima and how it's going to finish, my prediction. But overall, I would like to see Almeida stay at least two years. I feel like we keep doing this thing where things will bottom out, things will get bad and bad and bad and yes I totally get it it's very hard as football fans in general all over the world especially when you play for a club that wants to compete and you want your club to compete that we're impatient we're football fans man we're just impatient in general you know there's nothing more to say about that
So let's move on to the uh, preview of Lamia. Honestly, I don't have much to say about this game. Uh, I'm going to try to watch a little more Super League than I have been the past few years. I've mainly watched Dyke or I'll watch another Derby if it's on or if honestly, because simply the same reason why I feel like a lot of Greek fans have lost touch with Greek football is because there's just better games on. I mean, if there's, you know, Livadiakos are playing, no offense to these teams, but if like Livadiakos are playing Ofi one Saturday morning and on another channel, I can watch Everton play Newcastle, let's say. Most likely I'm going to tune into the Everton-Newcastle game. But now that I'm trying to see what our opponents are like and so I could do better game breakdowns, I'm going to start watching a little bit more Super League uh, so I can give my thoughts more on how the team's going to look tactically, how I think they're going to play in certain games, and um, really give you guys more of a more of a better background of the games and a breakdown of previews and post-games. Post-games will be a little bit easier because simply I'll see the team in action. I can comment on how they can improve, what they did well. But let's move on to this um, preview of Lemia Ike. No way, fans. Again, I've, I've vented my frustration on that as far as the Greek Super League is concerned, that it's a shame that we don't see away fans that often in the Super League. Um, for me, it's just something that makes football so much more exciting. But maybe one day we can only pray and hope that we can start seeing away fans. In stadiums like this, I kind of understand. I kind of understand, you know, is not a very big city. Policing and other factors that come into it, I totally get it, but... At some point, that this needs to be addressed. Um, Lamia are a team that I believe are going to be fighting relegation again. I can't break them down too much. Like I said, I didn't really watch a lot of Lamia last year except for the games against Dyke. And I really don't have time to sit down and break down every single one of these uh, teams in the Super League. But I do know they're probably going to be one of those teams that are going to be fighting off relegation like they did last year. Last year, they had a playoff game where they had to beat uh, Vedia and stayed up in the league. So this should be a must-win game for Ike. I really want to see how the team's going to play in general. Like, I'm very curious. This is the first official match. If things are going to go as well as they have in in the friendly matches and during preseason, uh, it's very exciting to finally get to see this team in action. I feel like I've been saying that and waiting for it for a while now. So I want to see how... This press is going to affect Lemia. This press that Almeida wants to play. I think it'll help us get possession, obviously, more. um, Force Lemia to make some mistakes at the back that we can take advantage of. It's not something that that you can see a lot of Super League teams doing. Having this high press that Almeida likes. I also want to see how it's going to work in a real game when there's real pressure about how our transition defense is going to be. Because I can honestly see, you know, this game's going to be a classic game of um, a better side going up against a weaker side where I feel like Ike's going to have possession, Lamia's going to park the bus and try to counter. I want to see how our defense is going to do against the counter. You know, last year we had games where we weren't good. We made some players look like freaking Maradona that... um, 
played for, you know, our transition defense was terrible. Even against teams like Panatolikos, I remember specifically Ofi, Volos, um, where, like, no one defended at some point. Like, the midfield could not defend. I feel like it's going to be a whole, totally different story this year. I'm hoping to see that. My hope is that... I don't know if Lemia is going to do this as kind of a smaller side, but some players in these quote-unquote smaller clubs, or weaker clubs, I should say, I don't like the term smaller club, they come out and say, okay, I want to take this team by surprise. I want to take Ike by surprise. And I really hope they come out, A, so they can test our defense, so I can see what, it's, what our defense is really about, and the midfield, and defending in general. And B, I really think that's going to open up Ike to move the ball on the counterattack and also with the movement, this motion that, this movement that Almeida has built into the club that I saw against Amonia, I want to see if that's still there. I want to see if we can move the ball as fast and, you know, to break down defenses. <clears throat> Instead of just being stagnant like we've seen the past few years where it's been, let's give the ball, two years ago it was like, let's give the ball to Levy Garcia and just let him take off and then we'll see what we'll do after that. Or last year, a lot of times it was, let's give the ball to Amrabat and see what he can do, see if he can create his own shot or see if he can create by centering the ball or, you know, I feel like we were very stagnant the past couple of years, so I'm very curious to see how that's going to work out. So overall, guys, I'm just genuinely very excited. I feel like the game, my prediction for the game is going to be that it's uh, me then Dio or uh, 2-0 in like victory. Uh, the reason why I say that, I do feel that somehow in the first half, in the first quarter to, I would say first 15 to maybe 25 minutes, I really feel like we're going to get that first goal. This team has a lot of quality up front. It has quality that can break down a defense. I feel like easier. It's not going to be so stagnant as it's been the past couple of years. I feel that all they need is one. You know, we saw this with Beneda against Amonia, where he had just a couple of good juke moves and was able to create his own shot, and there was a goal, you know. Um, and then I feel like Lemia's not going to have a choice but to open themselves up. And the more they open themselves up, the easier it's going to be for Ike to counter and to move with the ball instead of Lemia parking the bus. Now, can I see this game drawing out and Ike barely eking out a victory or something else happening or, you know, our nerves getting the best of us by halftime where it's like zero zero and we're not moving the ball like we're supposed to and we're not creating the chances that we're supposed to. Yeah, but I think that's highly unlikely. I really feel like Almeida's gonna have this team ready to play and that he's gonna find a way to through Lemia's defense. And in all honesty guys, if we can't beat a team that's gonna be fighting for relegation this year, then we have no chance of talking for a championship. Football's football. Anything can happen. Like, we could have freaking 20 shots on target and nothing go in, and then Lamia have one good counter. It's the thing that we love about this sport. Lamia to have one good counter and come back and score, and then 
I'm going to be here yelling and screaming that night if that happens. But anyway, let's move on. Um, that's my score prediction there. I think we're going to win 2 0. Let's see what comes true. Um, I think as far as my game day podcasts, I'm going to. I want to try something different. I think I'm going to record at halftime my thoughts and what's going on and how the team's doing. Because I, I wanted this to be mainly a reaction podcast. Obviously, there hasn't been that many games and there hasn't been that much to talk about. And I want that raw emotion to come out and maybe have a little segment after the game where I let my raw emotions through and let you know how I feel, either whether it's sadness or excitement or whatever, or anger, and then kind of dial it back and maybe the next morning or that night after I've kind of processed everything to kind of give a a good post-game assessment of what went on. That's what I'm going to try. All right, let's move on here. I had a bunch of notes on doing something and talking about our teams in Europe and why this season should matter. I think I'm going to save that. I know I keep saying I'm going to do this, that I'm going to do a uh, breakdown on the state of Greek football, the state of Greek football in in Europe. And I've done a little bit of stuff like that, but I want to, I'm just going to save these notes and really eventually at some point make an episode. You know, it might be guys as far as into November, into the World Cup, simply because I might not have time to to get to it. So let's go to my predictions for the Super League. Like I said, I'm just going to do the top five positions. It's too much to do. It's honestly, and I'm not trying to sound lazy, but you guys know this is something that I'm just doing on the side for fun. And I'm not trying to look into all these uh, teams in the Super League, you know, I'll see them as the season progresses and give my thoughts on where certain teams will finish on the table. But this is one of the reasons why I call this the the Crazy Ike Fan Podcast, because it's going to be mostly Ike-centric. So I'm, with that being said, I'm just going to do the top five. So my heart, deep down inside, every time I watch Ike, I feel like they should be champions. I want Ike to always do well. I really feel like I'm a glass half full guy this year. I want to stay positive. With all that being said, and I'm not trying to shock people by saying this, I think Olympiacos are still going to come out as champions, first and foremost, because they're the defending champions. And until someone dethrones them, and hopefully it'll be Ike that'll dethrone them, I really, really think we have a good chance this year if everything plays out well. You still have to put them on top. Do I think they're going to win the championship by, you know, however many points it was last year from second place? Or do I think we we should finish however many points we finished back last year? No, but I think that it's going to be a lot closer. Let me just say this in general. I feel like the top five could look crazy. And this could be the year the this playoff system that I personally dislike could really work out in favor of entertainment and make the playoffs very, very entertaining. If all these teams, these top five teams that I have, and obviously you can guess which ones, I don't have any surprises in here. But if all these top five teams, along with a good, a good strong side is in that sixth position, like Ofi or Asteras Tripolis, or Volos, whatever team you think might finish sixth. 
it could be one heck of a playoff run at the end of the season. I really feel that. Um, let's get back to Olympiacos. I feel like there's too much talent on this club. Um, Corberan is a good manager. He's only had one real job at Huddersfield, and he did a lot of good things with at Huddersfield with, I shouldn't say less talent than Olympiacos, but wasn't given a lot um, for a championship side in the English championship last year. So it remains to see how good he's going to be and how good he's going to have this team to play. Could this team, with all the talent that they have, and if their new players start gelling well, could I see them, you know, start steamrolling through the league? Possibly. Highly, highly doubt it, but it can happen. Olympiacos fans, trust me, they're very, like, indifferent now and think their club is is crap. So they would beg to differ. Um, But still, a lot of talent. Uh, could look different in about a month. You know, everything could look different in about a month. We'll have to revisit this. And also, I am going to save these predictions and look at them at the end of the year and look how big of an idiot I am, maybe. <laughs> like a lot of people, because predictions, you know, they're predictions for a reason. You can only predict it on paper right now. Everything's going to got to be played on the field. Let's move on to my second place team. I have Olympiacos as champions, but like I said, narrowly... And it would not shock me if any team, including Ike, underneath them, comes up and wins the league this year. And dare I say it, there are a lot of factors in Greek football, but I could even see Olympiacos finishing lower than as low as like third, possibly. Highly doubted, but it could happen. Um, Ike finishing second. Maybe I'm being a little biased here, but I think they've looked the best. Out of all the teams in preseason, yes, they haven't played any meaningful football yet, so it's hard to tell. Again, we're going to have to wait and see. They've upgraded the midfield. As far as it looks that we've upgraded the defense as well. All that, again, we're going to have to see it in the Hortari. It could take time for this team to gel, and that could be an issue. It could take time for this defense, you know, with... I'm going to call him Harold, so I don't butcher his last name again. But Harold and Vida, it could take time to see them gel together. I mean, it's going to take a little bit of time, and you still have those same defenders that were last year. And guys, again, just like I said with this center back, Harold, a new season's a new season. I know some defensive players have looked shaky at times. I know my last podcast, Ike and Cyprus, I talked about how bad at times Mitoglu looked, but we need to give it time. Um, one thing that could work in Ike's favor is the new stadium and the hype and the energy that that place is going to provide. I really feel like that could be an X factor. Some people maybe might not share that feeling, but I do think that that could make a difference. It could make a difference, let's say, against Volos, because let's say I have a bad showing against Lamia for the sake of argument. Let's say we tie 0-0 and we come out and look totally flat. If our next game, fingers crossed, is at Hagia Sofia in Philadelphia, we're going to have Volos, which is a good side. And you know, no matter what the team's form is going to be, 
the, that crowd's going to be there. We're going to have a packed stadium for at least the next two seasons. And even if it's not packed, even if we do get, you know, the team, let's say, just goes downhill and results aren't coming in and people, even with the new stadium, get pissed off and stop going, then even a crowd of 10,000, 15,000 is going to make a difference in that new stadium. I can't stress that enough. Like, at Oaka, I would watch games where there would be, like, almost 10, 15,000 people there and the stadium would look empty because it can hold, I think the capacity is like over 70,000. And I don't even like Olympic stadiums as football stadiums because I hate the way they feel, especially when they have a racetrack around them. Like it's not that in your face, like you get at Karaskaki when you feel like the crowd is going to jump, jump into the stadium or you could just feel the difference in in the stadium. I mean, even just watching Panathinaikos last week against Slavia Prague, like Lofotos felt the atmosphere. I could feel it through my TV. Um, I believe that that can uh, uh, make a difference. So let me move on from that point. One thing that I'm kind of fearful of, I mentioned this in a couple of other episodes, I really feel like we need to take full points into going in the derby against Panathinaikos. I didn't look at to see who Panathinaikos are playing, but if we go into the derby with Panathinaikos with less than nine points, or let's say it's a complete disaster and we go in with six or seven points, for example, and we lose that game. Now, this is all just for the sake of argument that could be catastrophic because that automatically puts you, at least from Panathinaikos, and let's say all your other opponents have full points by then. Obviously, I haven't really dove into looking at the schedule as far as all the other teams are concerned, but for the sake of this argument, let's just say they all have full points. That automatically puts you like anywhere from six to seven, eight points back. So for me, it's very critical that we go full points into the derby with Panathinaikos. Obviously, I want to beat Panathinaikos in that, in that derby, but even if catastrophically like we have a bad game and we lose that game it's not the end of the world but for me we have to make it three for three and go for four for four both for the confidence and we honestly historically you know I forget what it's it's been like since 07 or maybe earlier than that I remember hearing the statistic where we haven't beat Bonathanaikos as a home team during the regular rounds of Greek football, not this playoff BS that they make us play, but during the regular rounds, like this first round game, Derby against Panathinaikos, we haven't beaten them in Lofotos or in if their, their home stadium was in Oaxaca in a very long time. So I would like to get that monkey off our backs. Um, and so all I have to say about Ike, I feel like any team up and down the list, if I haven't said this before, there's question marks about all these all these teams. And that's why I think like, this one through five could be jumbled up completely. Let me quickly go to Panathinaikos. Panathinaikos, I feel like, are a well-coached team. They play well as a unit. They've played well in Europe. Um, they want a challenge for the championship. Their fans want them to challenge for the championship. Overall in the league, I feel like we need a strong Panathinaikos back in the league to get to gain that momentum, to gain that interest. They have a massive following. Um, 
I feel like they have to prove themselves to show that they can win away from low photos. They have a great home record and they have a good record in Deadby games. I think they had a great record in Deadby's last year. But they have to prove that they can win those games that they should be winning that they weren't winning last year. Um, but I do, f- and I feel like it's going to be for me personally, and this is no knock on Paul Canadis, but for me, I feel like it's going to be a classic year in Greek football where, you know, the three classic big teams have always big teams as far as like titles, because, you know, I'm, and I'm just being real. Like I said, if there's any Palkaradis fans listening to this, I'm not trying to knock your squads. I'm not trying to knock your teams. I know in your respective cities, I know you, you're both historically big clubs. But speaking from a historical standpoint, in the Greek Super League, it's always been three teams that have always uh, gunned for the championship. And it's been Olympiakos, Panathinaikos, and Ike. That's just the truth. I feel like it's going to be that classic year, and we're going to see some great deadbies. Overall, we're going to see great, great football, great deadbies if things stay as close as I am predicting and think they're going to stay. So third, I have Panathinaikos. Fourth, I have Adis. Adis are a very talented club. And one thing that I forgot to mention with Panathinaikos that Adis also have is they have a returning manager, uh, which makes things a little bit easier because there's, and especially where you're coming off years where you've had a good year, even though Ike S the bed last year, I do feel like Adis towards the end kind of started to taper off. I know other people, another podcast that I've listened to and on the Greek radio that I listen to have Adis high up and some people have them as a dark horse and that could all be well said and done. But I really feel like they're, they are very talented, but you have no Greeks on the club um, I'm hearing some rumblings out of this Thessaloniki that I, I have a good friend of mine that's a Nadi's fan that I was just messaging the other day and said, hey, man, you guys look good, blah, blah, blah. Like We were just messaging each other back and forth, and he told me he's like, from what I hear from the team, uh, things aren't as good as they're perceived on an outsider's perspective. And he's like, don't be surprised if things go downhill fast for us, which was kind of shocking to me, but I'll take it for what it's worth, you know. We're Greeks, man, so either you're going to be, like, full, like, on board and my team's the best, or you're either going to be, you know, doom and gloom like some people are and like some Ike fans are. Some Ike fans think that this is Cardoso 2.0. So that's all I have to say about Adios. We'll have to just see how they are when the Super League season starts. Let's move on to Balk. I feel like Balk, part of the expression, is going to be this year's Ike. They're going to take a few steps back. I feel like Luchescu's time at Pauk has run out. Uh, the faster the management there realizes that, the faster they'll get him out. And for my opinion, I hope they don't. I hope they keep him. Because I feel like it could really turn into an S show. But then again, like I said, question marks with all these clubs. He has a lot of new talent coming in. Maybe this time out of Europe. And maybe we'll see improvements. Um, they can't go any further down than they did against Lefsky Sofjas. They made Lefsky Sofjas look like they were Barcelona. And then this Lefsky Sofjas team went and lost to and is out of European competitions from a team from Malta. So <laughs> that just goes to show you, like, 
We don't know. I, I just think there's too many question marks. I think his time is done. He, as far as Pauk is concerned, is a legendary coach in their eyes. Probably the best Pauk manager ever. So maybe the team management would be reluctant and some of these would be reluctant to fire him. But let's see what happens. Like I said, guys, top five here. All these teams have question marks. It's going to be a very interesting season, in my opinion. I don't see anyone pulling away. Could one team start rolling more than the other and start pulling away? It's a possibility, but I really don't think that's going to happen. We're going to see some great deadbeats this year. I have the strong feeling. I have a feeling that if one through five, let's say, those positions are... You know, if, if fifth place is only like, even if it's seven or eight points from first place, we could see an amazing uh, playoff coming to the Super League this year. And what the playoffs were designed to do was to build this interest. I feel like we can finally get that this year, even though, like I said, I don't really, I'm more of a traditionalist. I don't like watered down derbies. So let's see what's going to happen. As far as our team's concerned, I really I really feel like we could gun for the Protathlon. And I have to say this, even though a lot of fans avoid this conversation out there on the English-speaking uh, pod, media, whatever you want to call it, because I do listen to all those other shows. Hellas Football puts on a good show if you haven't heard them yet. Um, even Gate 7 International, I like listening to those guys. Obviously, it's an early Backwest podcast about early Backwest in English, but I feel like they put on a good show. Um, if you like following Greeks in other leagues, also listen to uh, Greek Calcio. He does a really good job of tracking football players in all divisions of Italian football. But I don't hear these guys talking about the, ref the refereeing too much. So that, that plays a role. This is Greek football we're talking about. All this soap opera stuff that gets behind it. Ike are not only going to have to fight for in games, but they're also going to have to fight for what's going on outside of the game and the refereeing decisions. Because I call it like I see it, guys. Last year and the last couple of years, I've seen a lot of calls, questionable calls, go Olibakos and Pauk's way. And then it comes to Ike and... Like last year, I remember there was a clear-cut penalty. It wasn't against a good team. It was against um, a, a lesser opponent. So it was a Greek referee. And, I mean, you, you, you'd you have to... Even if you didn't know about football and you watched this play, you'd be like, okay, that's that's a clear foul. And this guy sat at the monitor for probably like three or four minutes, kept looking at the play, like thinking, okay, how am I going to call this against Ike? Again, I'm not trying to speak biased. I'm not trying to sound crazy. I can just see what my eyes see, and that's the kind of stuff we've always been fighting, and that's the kind of stuff we're going to have to fight this year. And that's my other point behind why I picked Olibakos finishing first, because if you're getting those kinds of calls, even when your team is playing like crap, you're still getting the calls. If you're not getting the calls when your team's playing like crap, that could really pull your team down. It pulls your your the psychology of the team down, and... You know, it, it's just, you're going to have to be battling on both of those fronts. Guys, that's all I have for today. Like I said, I'm going to come back. I'm probably going to do, uh, my next podcast is probably going to consist of a little bit of, you know, after the game, uh, reporting and whatnot, and just giving my thoughts on how the team went, 
and I'm just super excited about the Super League season getting ready to kick off. I keep saying this, but it, I really feel like it's going to be um, a great season. It's going to be very exciting no matter what happens. I hope Ike does well. I, Like I said, in my head, because of all the reasons that I stated, I feel like Olympiacos are going to be champions. But in my heart and deep down inside of me, I really feel like Ike could make a move for the championship this year. So that's all I have, guys. I hope you enjoy the football this weekend. And as always, Forza Aikara. And by the way, um, I'm on Apple Podcasts now, which is great. Uh, please subscribe and write a review on the show. That way we can get more people on here that want to listen to Ike talk. Maybe eventually I think I'm going to bring on other guests. Like I said, I'm still waiting on friends and stuff to come in from summer holidays and whatnot. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, like my page on Facebook, Crazy Ike Fan. Follow me on Twitter and on Instagram at Crazy Ike Fan. And I will talk to you guys later. All right, Forza Ikara.